Ingrid Laguna is a multi-award winning novelist and educator. Her books include Bailey Finch Takes a Stand, one of my favourites, Sunflower, Songbird and Kit and Arlo Find a Way. Ingrid, you also have a new writing course, Writing with Ink. Tell me all about this. Uh, writing with Ink. Ink is actually my nicknames. And so what I think will work is small classes. And what I think will work is genuine feedback from myself and from, from the, the other people's writing peers during the course. I wanted to share the things that I find to be really critical in writing. And that is that it's really hard to finish. It's really hard to persevere when the going gets tough. But all of these things can be done. And I think that if you know these these things are important um, and you know that it's normal to have self-doubt and you know that it's normal that even though your idea might be inspired at the start, you are going to hit a point most likely that it doesn't feel inspired anymore. Mm. Signing up, ingridlaguna.com and be ready for those courses. Thank you so much, Ingrid, for putting this writing course on for writers. Thanks so much for having me, Danny B. It's always such a pleasure. I love you. Welcome to the 2024 series of Words and Nerds podcast. I'm Danny B., author, publisher, and your podcast host. With over 1 million plays, thanks to you, listeners, readers, writers, creatives, teachers, librarians, and book lovers, thank you for coming along for the journey where we bring you relaxed and real conversations about writing and creativity. If you love an episode, you can leave a review on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also follow the podcast on Instagram or Facebook at Danny V Words Nerds Podcast. Or you can check out my brand new website designed by Gin & Co at dannyv.com.au. Welcome to the Words and Nerds Podcast, where we bring literary goodness straight to your ears. Today, I welcome no stranger to the podcast, a prolific author often described as the funny guy whose books include Derek Duel, Furball, Little Legends, Bears in Flares, Stop the Dad Jokes, Unfunny Bunny, and the series we are talking about today, Fox Kids, the one and only Adrian J. Beck. <laughs> Thank you so much. Well, that's probably the nicest intro you've ever given me, Danny. Did you I enjoy that? that. Yeah, yeah that don't worry, because um, something's coming later in the interview where I'm not as kind. Oh. So. <laughs> <laughs> okay. okay. We'll just wait. We'll roll I'm... with it. Yeah, I thought I had to, you know, be nice in the beginning and then hit you with a bit of a <laughs> bit of a thing at the end. So hey, of course. It couldn't there. just be a standard interview. No, 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 no. It's kind of like. Just think of all the interviews you've done with people and yeah. it's sort of like a revenge. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. They, yeah, they feel yeah. they need revenge and they No, they, no, I just thought about it today. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I was like, ooh, I know what I'm gonna do. And I've even got I've even got sound effects. Are you ready? Are you oh, ready for one? Sure. <laughs> yeah, do you like that? <laughs> It's just amazing. I mean, yeah. it's almost like oh, no. 1950s technology. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. well done. It's really That's, cool. Yeah. yeah. Like, welcome to 1950, Danny. I'm there. <laughs> I'm there with my casserole. <laughs> with your casserole or your, or your Casio? <laughs> Both. Okay. <laughs> All right. We should, we should talk about books. We may get distracted, but... I just want to say one thing before I, I'll hit you with the old elevator pitch. Yeah. I stalked your website today. Okay. And I was a little bit overwhelmed by all the books you've published. I mean, obviously I should know this, but I counted 34, but <laughs> there was only one Fox kid. So I know there's at least 40. 
Like, that's why I added prolific in your little intro. Ah, very um, good. But that snuck up on me. Yeah, yeah. it's very yeah. impressive. So I didn't want to ask you a question, though. Okay. What's changed in publishing since you were a young, naive whippersnapper? <laughs> whippersnapper? Whippersnipper? Whippersnapper? Ooh, I mean, the obvious, I'll take snapper. I think the obvious, <laughs> I think the obvious thing that's changed is there's so many celebrity authors now, you know, mm-hmm. uh, that mm-hmm. was just just the tip of the iceberg when I, I, I mean, I started probably about oh, around about 10 years ago, maybe, maybe a bit more than 10 years ago, about 10 years ago. Um, and it was just starting the, the comedians and the reality Insta, uh, influencers were all just starting to get, uh, huge followings. But these days, yeah, it feels like every second book is a, um, is a celebrity book, but, um, I so, so I'd say that's changed a fair bit too. But maybe also, I think, um, I think perhaps, and this is, this is just me, I've got no data to back this up, you know, <laughs> but I think that series, there were, there were a few less series around and mm-hmm. perhaps they were given a bit longer to, um, to kick over into, into, uh, multiple editions. I think, I think perhaps these days in terms of Kidlet, there's a few more series floating around. And they're not quite given as long to find their feet. So I'd say that those are probably the two, hmm. off the top of my head, those are the two changes that I've noticed. Uh, does that sound fair to you? It, absolutely. And I was about to say, look, I think as a trade-off, if a celebrity wants to write a book, that's cool, but then I should be able to host the project. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's fair. Do you think yes, that's for fair? every celebrity, for every celebrity yeah. who writes a book or every Insta yeah. model that writes a book or that's whatever. Right. We should also get like a trip overseas. Yes. Uh, every book we miss out on as That's authors. Right. Yeah, we, we should need... be able to yeah get a gig on the project. <laughs> it's a straight or, swap. Or what about like a stand up comedy gig at like the comedy festival? I'd be keen I would, for that. I would love to see you do one of those. <laughs> that would be amazing. Danny V live <laughs> and uncensored. That would be Ooh, fantastic. That's just me on a Saturday night. But anyway. <laughs> Yes, but, you know, you could sell tickets to it. So I think that, that's a great idea, okay? <laughs> Might as well. I think we need to propose that to the powers that be, whoever yeah, they may be. I will. I'm going to ring up Rove straight after this. <laughs> you and Rove did an interview last year, so you, I'm sure you probably kept in touch. I don't know why I didn't say, hey, Rove, so when am I coming on the project? I'm so <laughs> stupid. Okay, anyway, I digress. <laughs> we are here to talk about Fox Kids. I know there's going to be several sort of distractions in between that great series like it's so cool can you give me an elevator pitch to explain what this series is about yes i'll do it in two parts because it's uh, i'll tell you the concept and then i'll tell you um exactly how i hope and i think it has been helping lots of kids around the country with their reading so firstly the concept the concept is about a kid and he's a bit of a dag he's a bit like me when i was a kid and uh he uh was he's a bit clumsy and he stuck his foot in the bin in the cubby house in his backyard and uh mm-hmm. unbeknownst to him a uh, a fox had sort of used the bin as his toilet and oh. so uh, a mixture has you know concocted in that bin and when this kid called dan stuck his foot in the bin suddenly he got these fox-like powers and and the, the fox-like powers are a little bit uh, a little bit unusual and often when i tell kids in schools they're uh, progressively grossed out by by the powers like the, there's three main powers and the first one is he's got this very powerful uh howl or yap you know mm-hmm. so he can kind of do a sonic blast and you know knock over a bookcase or a, or a you know letterbox or something with it that's a cool gift i'd like that yeah well you 
<laughs> Have you ever tried? Maybe you've got it. <laughs> I'll, I'll try when I'm on the project. Yeah, okay, that's a good idea. You do a live stunt across to the car park and see how many things you could knock over with the power of your voice. That would be ratings gold. Um, <laughs> the second power that uh, that Fox Kid has is um, he's got the uh, ability to sniff out stuff. Ooh. Like he's got a very sensitive nose, so he can tell what's going on in the next suburb even if he can narrow it down a bit. I suppose it's a bit like um, Superman's uh, special hearing. He's got special hearing powers. He can zero in on sounds. Well, Fox Kids can zero in on smells. And the problem with that is not all smells mm. would need to be zeroed in on. I was about <laughs> to say that might be an unfortunate power to have depending on where you were. That's right. That's right. So so that's why when I'm telling kids this, they say, oh, I'm not sure if that's a great superpower. <laughs> and then the third main power that he has is the one that they don't like the most. So poor old Dan, uh, as soon as he got those fox kid, fox-like powers, he, um, he got fleas. <laughs> Right. So, right. That's under his arms. Yeah, that's under his arms. Yeah, he's got these little bugs uh, that live under his arms, in mm. his armpits, and uh, but he can control them like they're little mini drones. So mm. to a degree, he can. They're, tr they're sort of trained. He can sort of uh, tell them to help him with things or catch him when he's falling and stuff like that. So whenever he wants, he can lift his arms and shoot out the little <laughs> the little bugs from underneath his arms, and and they can be sort of helpful too. So yeah. that's. I mean, that's Fox Kid, and so he's like a neighborhood superhero a kind of i suppose similar to spider-man before spider-man you know started taking on aliens and all these crazy things from outer space etc um so he kind of deals with your with your neighborhood superhero issues at, particularly at the start and then he'll sort of grow as it goes on mm. um and he's got uh he's got a best mate well that's Best mate and sister. You can be best mates with your sister. That's probably tell, the best tell way my to be. son. Tell my son that. <laughs> yes. Well, in this case, they are best mates, and uh, and she's uh, really really good on the computers. And she's she often gives him. She's a big sister, so she often gives him some good advice where uh, Dan might you know <laughs> go off the rails a touch. So that's the concept of the book, and um, I've had a heap of fun writing superhero stories because I'm a bit of a geek. I don't know if it's ever come up before. No, I've never, like, that's completely <laughs> new to me. So I love the superhero <laughs> stories and drawing on some of my favourite sort of tropes and, and things and putting a twist on them, putting a funny twist on them quite a bit, which has been great. But I said this is in, it's in two parts. And the second part of this whole series is the fact that it is fully decodable. And that basically means that it's, the type of book that can be uh, easily read by all sorts of kids, particularly those kids that are struggling a little bit uh, with their reading. So it's those kids that are starting to get into chapter books. And this might even be, this might even take the place of the first chapter book for mm, kids really that they've ever picked up. And so they've just learnt uh, a, a small amount of combinations of letters and sounds, etc., and they can apply that straight away to these to these chapter books. So um, on a practical level, that's what they're about as well. They're about helping those kids that uh, that just need a little bit of help with their reading. It's just not quite clicking. And also, hopefully, uh, kids of all reading levels can enjoy them because they're kind of wacky, fun stories too. And what better first book to pick up than one where you can shoot fleas from your armpits? <laughs> that's right. That's <laughs> like... right. Where was that when I was a kid? Seriously, I had Judy, I I had Judy Bloom, and all she talked about was periods. Like, where was my flea <laughs> shooting out from armpits, man? Yeah, well, I mean, I, look, 
You missed out, but the I next did. generation. I really missed out. <laughs> the next generation have certainly lucked in. So, really? so I'm pleased. I'm pleased for that. And and particularly in the last in the last six months, but also in the last month, um, there's been a lot of talk about literacy and reading levels in schools. And I noticed in the last month, the Grattan Institute came out with uh, some stats which were quite alarming, and they uh, ended up in the newspapers. Uh, one of them was uh, in the typical Australian school classroom, twenty four of twenty four students. Eight of them can't read very well. Wow, and that's that's a lot. Quite worrying. It's a yeah, lot, isn't that's it? A that's, lot. A, that, that's a lot in a classroom uh, to not to be struggling a little bit with their reading. So, uh, and I and I absolutely don't think that's the fault of the teachers. I think that's that uh, we've had some methodologies over the journey which are which are a little bit questionable. Um, and there's so many factors, though, right? Oh, there's so many factors. That. Yeah, that's yeah. right. But these days, we are all starting. Most states are starting to. Uh, to wake up to the science of reading um, and uh, and and get on board with phonics and and evidence-based learning wow. is really really important and that's what uh, these books are that's why I, I say these books are fully decodable because they are and I've had to go through them tell the stories using a very very strict uh, group of words and list of words to make sure that uh, those kids that are just learning those first combinations can really enjoy them. You've said a lot of science stuff tonight. I feel like I'm speaking to Dr. Carl. <laughs> well, I don't have the Dr. Carl fashion sense, unfortunately. I don't have the loud shirts that he often wears, but um, I'm just but yes, I'm sure there's a lot of similarities. Yeah, there's so many, so many. I'm going to call you Dr. Beck. <laughs> I appreciate that. I'll answer to that. <laughs> no, but it is really important what you're doing, and that's why I wanted to talk about this, not only because it is a really fun um, book, but because it's so important for kids to feel like they belong to reading. You know, I feel like if you are having trouble reading, you're just going to go, I hate books, and you're not going to mm. ever get into them, and you miss out on a lot, obviously. So I like that this is a really inclusive, accessible series for everybody, and everyone can carry that, you know, book around. I don't Absolutely. know if it's just for book nerds like me, but carrying a book no, around. No, no, no. carrying it's, a book around. <laughs> Absolutely. And what you say there is interesting because you can so easily be set on a path. Kids can so easily be set on a path where they think that reading is yep. not for them or they don't yep. like reading. Yep. It's not fun then, or whatever. Yeah. And then it affects everything they do for the rest of their life. Yep. Absolutely. I mean, it could, it, uh, if they don't like reading or they, don't, they, just, they, they just find uh, suddenly they, they assume everything to do with school is, is a struggle and not for them. And it, and it might just be one or two simple things that never clicked in place because they made that decision. So yeah. if we can, if we can intervene at the right time and we can show them that, uh, you know, with a little bit of extra practice, they can, they can uh, enjoy these stories. I really think that's an, uh, an important thing to do, which is why I was so determined to get, uh, to get involved. Um, it actually came about through our great friend Sally Rippon, who's the Australian Children's Laureate of 2024-25. She's amazing. The Australian Queen. She might as well be. She might as well be. But um, she, uh, her, I love her motto, which is all all kids uh, can be readers, right? Yeah, so yeah. I love that as a mission statement. And yeah, um, And she actually, Sally, was the one that got me because she did a lot of research for her wild things book which touches on a lot of the same themes that we've just mentioned about kids who struggle to read and and what path that sends them down if if they never quite yeah. uh, if it never quite falls into place uh, place for them uh, the potential of of what could happen to them not doesn't necessarily happen to them but the potential that, it, that things could go awry uh, and so she was doing some research with the um with the educational publishers little learners love literacy 
Um, and the, they happened to mention to her that they wanted someone who uh, would be uh, not necess not necessarily from the educational side of things, but more so from the author side of things, mm -hmm. so that they would be sure of <laughs> getting an engaging story. Um, not that all the other stories aren't engaging, but they just wanted to make sure that these kids that really, really, really struggle, uh, you, you need to make sure that you capture their attention. So yeah, I thought that was pretty absolutely. smart that they that they um, came up with absolutely. that. Absolutely, was smart they chose you, Doctor Beck. Come on, absolutely, yeah. Anyway, so well, I, they didn't choose me. Sally suggested me, <laughs> oh, but then well, fortunately they chose me it after all the suggestion. Worked. So the chosen so, one. So I was very lucky to yeah to uh, to be able to do to be able to do this because it's obviously it's um it's a topic that's very close to my heart. I know what mm. it's like to be a parent mm. of kids that um, have. Uh, a few struggles with their reading and yeah. it's it's tough it's yeah. tough it's tough it's on tough everyone seeing them yeah, yeah it's absolutely. it's very it's so tough on them yeah um and you've given me a lot of advice along along the along the way as well which i very much appreciate with your educational background but it's tough on them oh, i thought you meant life advice not life advice so much yeah because i'm uh, bad yeah. i'm terrible at that yeah no you're not so good on that but the <laughs> educational stuff you're excellent oh uh, good cool <laughs> But, um, but it's tough on them and it's also yeah. less tough, but still tough on the parents. So, Absolutely. Um, yeah, no, it is. Because you been... want your kids to fit in and be happy and yes. feel good about themselves. And they can't do that if they feel like they're always falling behind. You That's know? right. It's, it's it hard is... enough being a kid and it's a nightmare <laughs> being a teenager. Yep. You know, so add all that other stuff onto it and like, oh, it's just unnecessarily hard. So go you. It affects their self-esteem. It really yeah, does. Totally. Absolutely. Um, because they start seeing themselves in a certain way, which mm. Mm. is not necessarily correct. Yeah, it's absolutely pivotal that these kids know that there are teachers and parents and books there just for them to help them and hopefully we'll be able to reach them and um, give them a little bit of extra practice to set them on a... Uh, on a path which leads to success. Mm, so good, so good. Now, I saw today there's a card game. Tell me about this. Oh, yes, there is. Kablam! Oh! <laughs> I, love, I, love the, I love the name of the card game. There's a, in, in the sixth book, uh, we can't use the word uh, um, explosion or anything like that because it's too, too complicated for the level of, of, uh, uh, that we're aiming at. Kablam's so, a heaps better word. So, so I used kablam a couple of times. You know how in the old school Batman where they go pow and yeah, all yeah. that sort of stuff. I, I throw in a lot of that stuff. I love it. So I used kablam at one point and <laughs> the, the, the wonderful publishers, they saw that and they said, kablam, that's an awesome word. So um, we, we need t-shirts back. We need kablam t-shirts. We do. Oh, maybe you could have like have a, have a shirt and then you open it like <gasps> Superman and it says kablam. Wow. <laughs> that's cool. Yeah. I'll get onto that. But um, <laughs> But yeah, so uh, that word was uh, quite well liked by all of us. And so when it came time to coming up with a, uh, a card game, we thought, well, <laughs> Kablam sounds like a great title and that'll, again, it's all these little, it's all these little uh, tricks Hmm. For want of a better word, um, to strategies, to, yeah, strategies and approaches to hmm. make sure we're engaging these kids and getting them excited and interested in this sort of thing. And really, I mean, there's three different ways you can play it. Uh, and what it is, and, and <laughs> you don't want to go kablam, you don't want to get the kablam card. But, <laughs> oh, that's bad. That's opposite <laughs> to you know. That's right. But the thing is, um, what it really is doing is it's just making sure that kids are getting that practice, are getting that practice in decoding words. And um, that helps with their fluency. And that's what it's all about, really. But it's a bit of fun 
to make sure that they're getting their practice in. So I'm very excited to have the, I've never ever imagined that I would, cause I actually, yeah, as you know, I illustrated as well, but I never imagined that I would have a character that I illustrated on a card game. So no. I'm absolutely stoked about Next that. Next time we go out for croissants, can you bring it? Well, the card game, yeah. yeah can we play it? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I'm pretty keen. I'm pretty yeah. keen to be kablammed. Yeah, well, well that's not good. <laughs> I know, but it still sounds fun. Okay, so you, you're going to try and you're going to try and lose. <laughs> Just for the first round, so I can say I've been kablammed. Okay, all right. Yeah, well, it'll be done. fun. I'll, all right, we'll bring, take it. I'll we'll, bring we'll, along. We will turn that croissant place into something else. We might get everyone in the croissant place yeah, getting involved. That's what I reckon. Who wants to play kablam? They'll look at us and go, okay, weirdos. Um, <laughs> Whoever gets kablammed first <laughs> has to buy all the croissants. Yes. <laughs> I don't want to lose now. Now, there are six books, more on the way. Do they increase in reading difficulty as you go Yes. On? Yeah, mm -hmm. they do. So. I sort of mentioned it before, I've got very strict uh, patterns and... Um, uh, well, that should be up your alley because you love rules. <laughs> no, you know, I love... Yes, I do. <laughs> I, I, I love rules uh, in all sorts of challenges and things. If you give me the rules, I'll follow them. Um, yes, we know. Yeah, but this was... In writing, you're not used to... You're not so much used to this this many rules, but... Yeah. Um, uh, but I, and, and it was a bit of a challenge. There's a no challenge, yeah, for sure. Yeah. But um, it was a challenge that I really wanted to, um, I wanted to take because of how important and how helpful these books can be. But uh, so basically, what happens is every two uh, books, uh, the next two introduce after two books, the next two introduce a couple of new combos of letters. Um, wow, that's so cool. that uh, you're slowly learning, mm. uh, increasing you know, in your increasing yep, your knowledge. knowledge and, wow. Um, learning along the way. So, and the same thing. So the, I've got, we've got six books in the series so far, uh, and I'm, I'm writing more and more and more. Um, and they were just, and, and very much, uh, aligned with the, um, with the experts and, and when and how and, and which to introduce at what point, which, um, new words to introduce and which types of new words to introduce at what point. So I take all that, uh, expertise on board and I have a list, uh, that I can choose from. So I kind of write the stories uh, as I would normally. I'd write like a um, plot outline, which because I'm a plotter, I know you're not <laughs> as much of a plotter as as you might. At be. all, really. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm a bit of a plotter, so I'll write the stories, uh, sort of. I plot them out, and then I'll I'll try and uh, make sure that they uh, are able to be written using the limited words that I can use. Um, that I know these kids are going to be able to. Uh, work out for themselves. So um, there's sort of an extra step in the process, I would say, than, than mm -hmm. when you're normally writing these books. But um, and that can be tricky. That can absolutely be tricky. Like for example, when I was wanting to have something explode, I had to come up with uh, kablam. Uh, make, <laughs> Thank uh, goodness you came up with that. Honestly, <laughs> so sometimes it's good. Sometimes when you put limitations on yourself, you can yeah, come up extra with extra creative. That you wouldn't have thought of. Yeah, that's right. So, so you have to be extra creative. It's, rather than right. just your normal creative self. I know. Which is a good that? segue. I can hardly believe anything you do, Beck, really. Everything stuns me. <laughs> Not always in a good way. Um, yeah. So I want to talk about creativity just for a second. Yes. Because um, when, you know, our favourite cat, Furball, came out, yeah. you were like, oh, yeah, so I'm also an illustrator. And like... <laughs> is that how I talk? Yes. Is that, is that what I said? Exactly yeah. how you said Oh, yeah, that. I'm also an illustrator. <laughs> See? 
See, yeah. that's exactly how you said it. Yeah, okay. And like it rocks the literary community, Adrian. <laughs> <laughs> and everyone was like, what? Adrian Beck can draw? Like it, it was. It rocked the community. It rocked it? the community. Okay. <laughs> the literary community was like, we shut rocked. down for They're a day. Never we were the same. rocked. We were stunned. <laughs> we had a minute of silence. It was huge. Really? So. <laughs> I just didn't realise like, how much of an impact it had, but I'm glad I know, to find because out because you right were just now. so busy just illustrating. Like, <laughs> so tell me, like, how have you always drawn? What What's the deal? Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, look. Oh, okay, I, cool. Um, is that it? That's it. No, I, I drew a lot. Art was my favourite subject when I was a kid, and I hmm. used to uh, I used to draw all the time when I was kids. I did comics. I did uh, black and white sketches. My grandfather was a landscape uh, painter. And wow, he that's was also, cool. yeah, and I've, we've still got a lot of his paintings uh, in our house, in mum and dad's house. Um, and he also was, uh, occasionally he did art teaching at my school as well. So it's in um, the blood, it's in the back blood. It is. So yeah, I was very much inspired by him to, um, to, to be arty and to be creative. And, um, and so I, was, I used to draw all the time. But then when you get to... I've talked to Matt Cosgrove about this. I don't know whether he's mentioned, mentioned it to you, but sometimes when you get to late teens and early 20s, you just forget that you enjoy drawing. You forget mm. that you enjoy some of these sort of artsy things. And maybe it's a, a um, maybe it's a bias that you think, oh, that's that's kid stuff. Why would I do that now? I could, you know, <laughs> I could be a cool adult in my 20s living <laughs> life, you know. Um, but you do kind of forget that. And then um, it came... I, and then I saw I only ever did little sort of like doodlings here and there um, for many years in meetings and things like that. But then uh, when the kids, when my daughters came along, uh, of course, as you know, kids just love to draw. Most kids are just drawing all the time and my kids are no exception. And so they would always say to me, <laughs> Dad, how do you draw a dinosaur? Or Dad, how do you draw this? How do you draw that? And so I found myself getting back into drawing hmm. a lot more and... Um, and I started, uh, I started uh, remembering how much I loved it. And so then, yeah, I, I, when I was, and this, this was probably a few years after I'd started uh, having books published. And so I kind of started uh, including sort of character sketches with some of my pictures to kind of um, convey a little bit more about what the, what the story was like, or what the characters were like and all that sort of thing. Um, and they just got more and more elaborate as they went. And so, yeah, Furball was the first one that I, uh, that I was the author, illustrator, sole author, illustrator. And, um, uh, I sent in some, uh, character pictures for that. And the very good people at Larrikin were very positive and said, yeah, go for it. Uh, and, uh, yeah. And so the rest is history. We just smashed it all out. Um, and now there's no went. stopping you back. No stopping fact, you, just drawing you know everything. I had, I, I had a few uh, quick sort of cramming sessions from a lot from Chris Kennett and James Foley helped me as well. And um, Serena Geddes gave me a few pointers along wow, the way. Wow, so, you had oh, the and cream Lucinda, of the crop, man. Lucinda Gifford as well. So I had a Ooh. lot of uh, top-notch illustrator oh, friends awesome. who gave me tips as I was and going. that's what's so good about this community, right? Everyone is so generous. Yeah, they are. They are. They really are. And, I mean, um, when I ask you for the occasional advice five times a day, I mean, you're mostly generous. Well, yeah. Well, <laughs> when I get to all, all, the, all them five five banked up by about nine o'clock at night, I'm like, okay, I'll answer I'll them now. I think I'll say 9am by 9am in the morning. <laughs> I just wait. I just wait till they all bank up. No. <laughs> 
Yeah, so like, they are really generous. I mean, and the same goes for writing. But um, when I was, I, so I would, and I, I don't know whether when I was asking for advice, whether they all thought, oh, you know, <laughs> is he <laughs> is he serious? <laughs> is he really trying to learn this or, you know? Um, but no, I was serious. And, and then, uh, yeah, then I had a crack and, and now, you know, I, I love it. And the more you practice it, you get back into the routine and yeah. you, you kind of get, Yeah, and Matt said, you get better and get better yeah. the more you, I mean, that's the same with anything, right? You yeah, it's keep like doing the fitness. same thing and you get, yeah. oh, I wouldn't know. <laughs> well, I assume. <laughs> <laughs> Why did you have to bring fitness into it? Couldn't you have done something I don't know, it's very else? unlike me, actually. Yeah, yeah like, couldn't you have yeah. said, like, you know, the more cream eggs you eat, the better you get at eating them. I don't know. Yeah, yeah that's 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 better. Yes, the more it's, croissants it's you like, eat, the better you get at eating croissants. It's like cream eggs or croissant con- consumption. You're better at it the more you do it. Do you reckon <laughs> next time we could melt a cream egg inside a croissant you know there was a there was the ice cream inside a croissant yes we that saw that recently. we saw that i love i usually put chocolate in the croissant and i melt it and it's the best thing you'll ever taste in your life yes that's that's a good point yes i've got one more question before you before the revenge comes oh great yeah so are you ready? Prep yourself. So one more Could question. Could the revenge be in the form of like a food delivery service turning up with croissants? Is no, that... they're, yeah, it's all broccoli though. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> so you have written picture books, junior fiction, Fox Kid, Decodables, you've got middle grade in the works, but I want to know, Adrian Beck, what is burning at your soul that you haven't written yet and you want to write? What is burning at my soul that I haven't written that I want to write? You know, um, what I'd always wanted to do is to write a picture book uh, series with a little character who becomes a soft toy. Oh, that's cool. You know, sort of, you know how sometimes at Christmas yeah. time, I, in particular, they, they bring them out and you can see like a little yeah. hairy McClary yeah. or a little. Oh, but I want a little furball. Yeah, well, uh, fantastic. Yes. I do. I want a little furball. That'd be <laughs> I would so love, cute. That, that is definitely on my bucket list. Might oh be unrealistic, but I'd love to have a little character from, that I've created that turns into a little soft toy. I'd I think carry furball awesome. with me around everywhere I went, to be honest. <laughs> so so I think what I would do, I'd put him on the front of my car, like oh, people used to have the red nose. That's sort a of, good idea. Or even maybe putting on suction caps, like the old Garfield yeah. sort of ones, and put him on the window or something like that. I just that. feel That'd like I'm cool. not that good a driver, and he'd probably get squashed pretty soon. <laughs> well, that's an extra layer of protection. <laughs> just think of it like that, you know? <laughs> All right, Adrian, Jay Beck, are you ready for this? Well, if there's music, I am. Yes. So, Quizmaster, it is time to turn the tables and do a quiz for you. And guess what I'm quizzing you on? Music? I'm quizzing you on your own books. Oh. You know, this is like when you go to a... a you do a school talk yeah. and a kid will stick their hand up about the most random yeah. scene from yeah. a book that you've released that's, that's eight what years I've, ago. That's what I've got here. Oh, and they're like, why did such and such yeah. do such? And you think, yeah. oh. i got no idea. So, my friend, five questions. Right. They're right. not they're not a million years old, though. I sort of did as recent as I could. I just pulled whatever was on my bookshelf, basically, and, okay. and well, looked through them. Yeah. yeah, I don't know about that. Um, I've started easy. <laughs> okay. So, you ready? You're ready? I am. I'm All ready right. to go. Excellent. Well, so this is going to be the winning noise if you get it right. That one noise that we've already heard four times. <laughs> but if you get it wrong, 
right. Are you? Are you? I, I can't see you right now. We're only doing know. this via audio. Are you? Have you got like a keyboard in front Doesn't of you? Doesn't matter what I've got. I've got magic. Okay. I've got game show magic here. <laughs> That's for sure. Okay. All right. Question number one. Yeah, hit me. In stop the dad jokes, what do you oh, call yeah. a hippo standing on one leg? Oh, that's easy. Yeah. A hoppo. Woohoo! <laughs> Hang on, I forgot to press the thing. Oh, I'm pretty quality joke too. A quality. pretty average game show what? host here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, as far as game show hosts go, you're an excellent writer. <laughs> well, I don't know that many game show hosts also have to do the sound effects like. You know, I think they just have to turn letters and look cool. Like, anyway, I'm doing everything here. All right, I started right. you off with an easy one. Quizmaster. <laughs> so okay. I started you off with an easy one. So don't, don't, don't lull yourself into a false sense of security, babe. Oh, I was getting confident. In Derek Duel goes viral. Derek looks at videos that have gone viral. Kid unboxes toy. Kid unboxes box. Kid unboxes box of boxer shorts. Kid unboxes boxer. Kid unboxes jellyfish. What's the last one? <laughs> uh, uh, so they were they were all of the existing ones, were they? Yes, um, yes. Kid unboxes uh, a boxer in boxer <laughs> shorts being stung by box jellyfish. Uh, you know what? I'm gonna give you a half a point. I, yeah. I, don't, I don't have a sound for half a point. Okay. Can you do one? So that will do. <laughs> I've overused that sound, haven't I? Um, so it's a boxer in boxes yeah. battling boxed jellyfish while kid hides in box. Uh, right. So I'll give okay. you. I'm going to give you a half. You happy with that? Yeah, I'm, I'm surprisingly happy with that. Given pretty, that was like five years ago. Oh, yeah, pretty, it's good. Pretty generous. All right. Yeah. Question number three. Okay. What is Furball's name when translated to Estonian? Oh. <laughs> I've seen the cover for the Estonian edition. Is <laughs> it so cool? Oh, I've, I can see it in my mind's eye, but I can't quite see the letters. Is it? I want to say Fragger. <laughs> Is it? No. Uh, so far away. It's Coverpal. That's it. Oh, now you say it. I can see it. Coverpal. Fragger. I don't know. I had the F in there because of the furball and the F. And, yeah. oh, that's deflating. It's a good noise, isn't it? Cavapal. 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 I don't know. And hello fantastic. to all your Estonian listeners of Boys and Nerds. I, I know you, love you're that. off the charts over there. So we'll have a little baby furball and a little baby cavapal. I know what he's called in the US, though. What? Furball. Furball. <laughs> wow. No, I'm going to take no. a point off you. Um, so, so far out of three points, you're on one and a half. So Yes. And um, how many questions? A hundred? Five. <laughs> There's a hundred. <laughs> Buckle up, listeners. There's a hundred and one questions. Okay. Two more. All right. Okay. I can do this. It's <laughs> well, a pass mark. Uh, well, two and a half. Okay. Am I in, what am I now? One and a half. Oh, good. I'm close. All right. Yeah, we'll see. Um, in Unfunny Bunny, where yes. did they hide mum's eggs and what was the joke? Two-part question. Yes, I think they hid them in the hen house and I think the joke was, what a crack up. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, I'm a bit slow off the mark there. I'm going to give you one and a half marks because it was under a chook. Oh, okay. Not quite in the chook shed, but you know, right under a chook, and then under a chook. yes, yeah. this will this will be a crack up. So well done. 
Okay. Thank you. So so you gave me one and a half or did you give yeah. me a half? No, I gave you one and a half because it's a two-part question, so it's really out of six. <laughs> I'm just winging this as we go. No, right. no, the best quiz masters do yeah. make it up as they go oh, along. So. Totally. Let's win yeah. this. That's what Tony Barber used to do. <laughs> Tony Barber. Remember Tony Barber? <laughs> yes, I just mentioned him. He liked us when we when we interviewed <laughs> Matt Cosgrove and then we never heard from him again. No, that was Burjo. Oh, that was Burjo. You're getting your Tony Bar- your Barbers and your Burjos mixed up. <laughs> Burjo like I totally this. am. I'm totally getting confused. <laughs> because good just... old Matt Cosgrove used to do Burjo's catchphrase, and then we talked about it quite a bit on the probably probably too much on the web on just the like uh, we're doing now podcast. And then he started following everyone on social media and started liking it all. So that was that was Burjo. There's a chance he's still listening, and I'd like to say hello to Burjo and, and hope like, he's going well. I'd like to just remind you how excited you were. <laughs> I was. I was a little bit embarrassingly excited. You were that fanboying got on, all over the place. <laughs> I was. You invited him to for croissants. He didn't come. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No. Well, I, I don't know where I don't know where he's based. Um, um, well, yeah. you're not but very good. Probably at doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> when you think about it. Yeah. Just keep hope, Adrian. Just yeah. stay hopeful. No, that must be the reason. It. it uh, yeah. Anyway. What's the okay. next question? Question five. <laughs> now, in Brock the Croc, which isn't even released yet. Oh, that's coming out mid-year. It is. It is. And it looks just incredible, illustrated it, by Dean Rankin, and I love it. Yes, it is. Yes. and it's Do you remember about... what you wrote? Yeah, I do. Uh, right. Is this is that the question or no, do I quickly no. I've mention what it's about? I've got a specific question, then you can okay. talk about it's it if you like. It's all about a crocodile. It's the only crocodile in the swamp. So he's got a whole bunch of other native creature friends. And then the humans turn up one day and Whoa. they want to fill the swamp in with concrete. And Brock, who's sort of been coasting along on his reputation and, and maybe big noting himself a little bit <laughs> where, where perhaps it was a little bit of a stretching of the truth, um, suddenly they all look to Brock as their leader to try and ward off the humans. And so he's got to stand up to the humans and try and stop their swamp being turned into uh, a car park or an apartment or whatever pesky humans. It's a nail biter, Beck. It's a nail biter. Sure is. All right. Are you ready for your question? Yes. Where don't you defrost chicken? (laughs) I think. (laughs) <laughs> and now I'm finding there's there's a there's a connection to Foxkid. Mm. I think the villain, the mayor, Mayor Grunter, defrosts chickens in her armpits. <laughs> Woohoo! So that is four out of six. You are this, an absolute I'm an expert on myself. <laughs> you you win the Adrian Beck expert that is that's a relief because i feel like i'm perhaps the only person in the world that could actually win that quiz so <laughs> i'm glad that i was able no, to just one more box. winner winning sound for beck oh i'm not very good at this well done beck you've won your, you. oh, you've won your own Ooh. quiz now can i say um beck do you remember that time you gate crashed do you remember that time you gate crashed an interview with? I was going to say you have to give me more more details than that because you, I've just gate crashed everywhere. I was talking. Yeah. Who was I talking to? Nathan Luff. Oh, it was Nathan and Luff Chris Kennett. Yes. and Chris Kennett. And all of a sudden, you just popped on screen in bed eating a jelly cup. <laughs> That's right. I was. I was actually. I was actually in a hotel because yeah, it not was, uh, random at all. Because it was. We were doing. Um, 
we were doing uh it was book week. Right in the middle of book week. oh yeah, yeah okay right it was, book week. Yeah. and so i just collapsed it wasn't actually that late i'd collapsed i wasn't no, was actually like in bed i was on top o'clock. of the bed what's sounds the difference like was, what's the difference like was, you know ready for a little nap or something like um <laughs> You're eating a jelly cup. You weren't ready yeah. for it. Well, I suppose it's opposite hard to, to it really is hard to bring that uh, scene back into some normality. But there's um, another, well, there's a gate crusher here, gate crusher yours in revenge. Oh, really? Does the gate crusher want to reveal themselves? Or you just want to keep looking into the camera. <laughs> <laughs> it's a podcast, man. It's, it's just like old times. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> Who is this gate crusher? I remember. I remember when this all began. <laughs> I think this is the actual main man behind Larrikin Publishing. Is that right? <laughs> James Layton, the gate crusher of podcasts. He said, "It could be." I thought I better just crash in. Why not? <laughs> crasher. Why uh, not? Where's your jelly cup? Yeah, well, I forgot it really. <laughs> wish, I wish I had a known. <laughs> came unprepared. I mean, the I rule is if you gate crash, you've got to be in your pajamas on a bed eating a jelly cup. Like you set the standard. That's right. That's what you've got to. That's what you got to do. Exactly. That's well, right. Adrian just won the quiz all about himself. All about myself. I, which we, we thought you'd fail that, but hey, <laughs> right. well, Danny said. A hundred bucks, he'll, he'll fail us. Yeah. yeah. She's always had high hopes for me, which no. is just sort hundred bucks poorer, through. to be honest. Well, I didn't take up the bet because I sort of believed her. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I appreciate that. I appreciate both the, uh, the part Confidence. of both of you. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's great. So the yeah. last time we three were here, we did that Publishing Insider. Um, yes. It, series 101 actually. yeah publishing yeah publishing insider that's right yeah, yeah um yeah and we got and, this uh, this old mate to talk mistake and if you know what um I, i'd love to ask one of these days maybe we'll revisit we'll revisit this but it's changed the larrikins changed quite a bit in those last how many years two three years that was two and a half years ago or heading yeah. towards three years ago actually yeah end yeah. of may 2021 so, yeah. What do you reckon the biggest change that since since that? Oh, wow. I think Danny's come on board with Larrikin and um, really sort of taken us to a next level. With he has to say that because I'm here. I know. I was, I was just thinking, cool. well, yeah. Well, that's where we met you and we started signing people, established authors, and I think that's probably the biggest difference is where mo- we've got some momentum. Yeah. Well, it's good. To, it's great to see. And um, yeah, I would. I mean, look, yeah, Daddy's been okay. Yeah. Uh, Above average know, or below. Yeah. I'm not sure, depending on the day. <laughs> no, but, yeah, I think it's. I, I would. I would say it's fair to say that um, Larrikin has really stamped themselves on the industry ever since um, those few years ago. So whatever happened was obviously a good thing. But I think um, it was the publishing insider episode, AB. It was, but I mean, it uh, was. It's, it, you were already you were already off and flying, so we can't take too much credit. No, I know, <laughs> I know. Although we will. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We'll, we'll fluctuate, it. fluctuate between the two. Yeah, absolutely. So we were celebrating uh, Adrian's Fox Kids, really interesting yeah, cool. series, and we talked about lots of other things, and we ended with a quiz, which unfortunately he won. So I needed harder questions. <laughs> yeah, anyway. that's right. Well, you, you, asked, know, you asked me questions when on my interview, and that you had that voice. Oh, yeah, that, like 
sounded like Luke Skywalker's father kind of thing. You remember you had that voice, Adrian, that dis- <laughs> the voice disguiser? <laughs> that's right. Yes. That was cool. That's right. Yeah. I yeah, still never asked, did you make those questions up or were they actually real? <laughs> they were real. Come on, everything we, we do here is authentic. We actually, that was one, that was a series that got a lot of traction, actually. There was a lot of people that were interested. Like, you do see quite a few behind the scenes series popping up now, um, but that was one of the first. And so it was really. It, kind, kind it was of groundbreaking, Adrian. Got people, well, it got people interested, I think. It got people talking. I so, yeah, still we've got think a few there's questions. an appetite for it, to be honest, because like, whenever I speak to people, they just want to know more and more and more about the industry, which is understandable because it is, you know, something that you don't often hear about. Yeah. Well, it's always lovely to have a gate crasher, whether it's Adrian in bed with his jelly cup or James Layden sitting on a uh, leopard skin fur rug. Um it's you always good. make it, you depict it in, in quite strange ways. <laughs> <laughs> and it concerns me what the people who are listening think. But it's, um, it's not my fault that you're in bed eating a jelly cup. It's not my fault that James is sitting on a I was, I was sitting on up. the bed because I was in a hotel room with no other seat. But yes, <laughs> and I, was, I happened to be eating a jelly cup. But <laughs> I hadn't sort of tucked myself away for the night or anything. I wasn't. So I didn't have you like were wearing big... a words in a t-shirt just so people well, yeah but them. I always wear that I mean yeah. that's yeah and that's basically could could we get an update on that that's basically a threadbare these yeah, days that sure. a words t-shirt I think so... I've got a couple I'll throw you one for sure yeah thank you that'd All be right. uh, no problem. That'd be wonderful thank you so much Dr Adrian J Beck he was sounding a lot like uh, Dr Carl earlier in the episode so thank you so much um really Dr important Carl work. Kennedy or Dr, Dr. Carl Cruz in this whatever you, no whatever you like I'll think of a name for you it won't be doctor um so <laughs> thank you Adrian J Beck all the important work that you do for Fox Kids uh illustrious author and illustrator and thank you James Layton for crashing and making my editing job much more difficult Absolute pleasure. Absolute Thanks for having us, Daddy. You're a legend. <laughs> <laughs>